All right. Welcome back to the R-Rated Podcast. Today's guest is Coleman Wilson. We met in film school, but he's actually taking the producing route and I'm taking the directing route. So there's a little thing, little, little stuff to talk about today. I actually wanted to talk about producing versus directing explained because family members of mine constantly are like, oh yeah, like you're a producer, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm actually a director. And they're like, oh yeah, yeah, right. Directing. And then like after, I don't know, a couple hours after a drink or something, they're like, you're a producer, right? And I'm like, no, I just said I was a director. And they're like, oh yeah. So like, what is the difference? Like, what do they even do? Like they're all on set anyway. So I'm just like, okay, I need to like dedicate an episode and like tell everyone what the difference is because, you know, they're both very important roles and they do do completely different things like on set, preset, all, all stages of production. So I felt like today was a good day to dedicate this episode and educating everybody. And for film enthusiasts, like I think this will just be fun. Um, and if you want to get into the film industry, this will be a good way to save a couple thousand dollars in film school. So cool. Can Hello. you explain? Hi, nice to meet you. Just kidding. I already know you. <laughs> I haven't talked to you in what has it been like eight months? Yeah, it actually has been. I haven't so I'm seen glad you that we're doing this. Basically, we left school. I know, and it was a shitty way to like say goodbye because you know COVID I literally left. hit mid. You left, and COVID hit mid. Oh yeah, semester. Yeah. So it literally so. was all online, and next thing I know, I was just in front of a laptop every day for class. <laughs> so it definitely wasn't the way to like you know say goodbye. But I'm glad that you're on, and I wanted to ask you. Kind of like if you could just guide us through like a, what a producer like does and like their tasks, you know, on a film set. Yeah. So every producer's least favorite question is what does a producer do? <laughs> because I mean, you look at credits and it's like, what do you see? T 10 different producers, 20 different associate producers, 30 different co-producers and so on and so right. forth. But I mean, like the one difference I could really tell you is line producer, deal with money. Executive producer deals with giving out the money and yeah. kind of has the final say over everything. It's kind of their project, quote unquote. But the producer's the guy that kind of gets everything together, gets everything going. If you want a car dropping from a skyscraper on set, they have to figure out where to get that location, where to get the permits, how to find that car, what company you're going to find that's going to drop it, the security guards to like lock everything down, the police officers to close down the roads. And wow. yeah, when you see, that's why you see so many producers because you have one producer set for locations, one producer set for uh, like doing the drops and doing explosions maybe and then another producer trying to hire just this sort of crew, like your DP and making sure that the director is actually talking to who they should be talking to and they're on schedule. But every producer kind of has their own section on a film. And that's, wow. it's, it's nice when you get all those producers, but I do a lot more indie stuff where I'm usually the <laughs> producer and I'm having to do a lot of that stuff on my own. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Like, what what producing role do you take on since there are so many different ones? Um, as of now, I mean, so I'm working on a – we're starting to work on a bigger project, uh, the company I work for, Streetlight Film and Media. Um, we do mostly commercials, and we're trying to move narratives. So we're working on this uh, 
six episode series. Uh, I'm not. I don't know how much I'm allowed to say about it right now, but right. it's you can now. We're looking at like Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon to sell it to. So it's it's bigger budget. It's about six million dollars for six episodes. Oh, definitely a big budget. <laughs> it's it's nice, but it's still like we only have three head sole producers. So it's ah. like we're not really giving ourselves you do this you do this we're kind of all going to work together as one person and if um, we need that, to is, that's not really that, that is that common nowadays or is that is that like a new thing no it's pretty common producers? it's just we don't have enough money to be like well you get 10 percent, you get 10 percent, you get 10 percent. because like producers never get paid maybe you'll get three thousand a month for something like that to 3500 but you all your money comes from when you sell the film and how much you sell right. it for because it's my job to sell it. Like, yeah, we have distributors that we work through, but I'm hiring the distributors. I'm making sure the director's job or vision is there and the writer's right. vision is there. So it kind of wow. wanted me to be like, well, they obviously want the most money and I don't want to give them a lower amount of money to think it wasn't that great of a film or something. Right, right, of course. That's a lot of pressure. <laughs> I mean, that's what makes me work hard, though. Like, the pressure. Yeah. It's, uh, some of my best films, honestly, have come from, like, when I was just doing stuff last minute. And they're like, well, you have to have all this done in, like, two weeks. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Like, So you work really well under pressure and last minute. Like, deadlines are just, yeah, like, basically. last minute. With when, uh, unknown deadline. Unknown deadline. Yeah. So was there someone, like – or like something or a movie or like what made you want to get into producing? Cause like, I don't know, like it's, it's definitely like the business side of film. It is. So I always say it's like my New York attitude is kind of the, the thing that gets me through because in New York, it's always just like, go get it done right now. And people out here just really like seeing that. So when I started, like I didn't want to produce at all when I first started, I, actually hated it because when I did my first film, my intermediate at New York film Academy, I yeah. directed it, I produced it and I wrote it. So I was like, this is, wow. What I, was it like directing and producing your own film? Um, honestly, I haven't directed something that big at that moment. And I've never produced anything before that moment. So I was, it was like, I just hated producing because I hated getting everything together. I just wanted to work on my yeah. project and do what I wanted to do. Like, and just have someone else figure it out for me. Right. And once I did it Sounds all, like I was, a director. yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, like a director position. I was like, this was like the most fun thing I've ever done. I've never worked so hard in my life and just like enjoyed it. But I, I finally finished it. And I was just like, I, it's been two years. And I still have barely gotten it edited together. So, <laughs> but trust oh, me, if I'm working on someone else's project, it gets done much better. Right. Yeah, um, and when there's big money involved, you're like, yeah, I'm doing exactly. it. So <laughs> I, my one of my best friends who I've been friends with all the way through high school, one of the reasons I've moved to California, went to New York Film Academy, he was like, he was doing his thesis film as an actor. And he was like, hey, really need a producer. Like, you're the only person I really trust. Like, will you do it for me? And I was like, wow, no, <laughs> I'm never producing <laughs> again. And he was like, come on, like, it's a super easy film. I was like, all right, whatever. So we got a director that we both like. And 
we were like, okay, this isn't bad. Like we'll work with this. We'll, I started getting permits together, which is a whole nother story. That's uh, oh first God, time I no. produced, I got kicked out of film LA for a couple months. Um, <laughs> I want to know that story. So I, yeah, I was working. We'll go, we'll go back to that one. Yeah. I was working on his film and we just started getting everything together. It was simple, like air hockey comedy film. I found the crew. I found everyone. And I kind of forgot that I didn't like it. And I kind of just went into work mode for like a couple of weeks. And then once I finished it, it's like, once we were on set, I didn't do anything on set. I was able to sit back, kind of watch everything play out. Like the people I hired and the equipment I got was being used the right way and people are doing the right stuff with it. And that moment right there was kind of just so like nice and kind of like euphoric for me. I was just yeah, like, yeah. This is very really like, you're like, cool. like, like you're like I'm not I worrying this. about. I'm not like I was worried about. I helped because I he's one of my best friends. He didn't money for the film, and I really believed in the film. I think it'll get money in the feature that he has written for it. So I was like, I put a couple thousand dollars in, and he. And like, so he was like, this is as much your film now as it is mine. So knowing that I could trust the people I hired was kind of like, this is really cool. Yeah, that's amazing. And that really just sucked me into it. And then you just went like, I'm just going to keep going and kept producing more and more films. Because I know you produced some of like our friends, our classmates um, films as well. Yeah, Um, I kind of went. Yeah, I witnessed actually, which was really cool. I I went on a little binge of... uh, directing theses because like all my friends ended up graduating at the same time and like uh you're talking about carla's right carla's film yeah carla yeah yeah Yeah. exactly yeah and uh hers is actually the first one of six films i produced in one month (laughs) in one month yeah so so i produced so after i produced my buddy luke's film i did a couple more of my friends and it was a lot of fun and I was just loving it. And I was like, I need something a little bigger. So I ended up uh, like hooking up with my company again after I didn't really, I was doing like social media stuff for them, which I yeah, not good at social media. <laughs> so they were kind of like, we didn't talk too much. And then all of a sudden I was DPing uh, a commercial for them. And our boss was kind of talking to me. He's like, yeah, I want to get this film together next month. And I was like, oh, next month. Like, yeah, it's a nice, like, 10 minutes short or something. He's like, no, it's a feature. Right. He's like, oh, okay. Wow. So, you're, so this is, like, your first feature. Then. Yeah. So wow. I, I was like, hey, like, any way I can help out. He's like, yeah, like, I know you're a good DP. I know you really like lighting and stuff. This is before I even said I really only want to do producing. I kind of wanted to be a cinematographer. Yeah, so, no, I know when we met, you were like, I'm going to be a cinematographer. And I was like, cool, I'm going to be a director. And now you're a producer. <laughs> I know. Film film can switch. I still do cinematography. I still do uh, like sound. A man of many art. talents. I still do editing. Like I'll do whatever you need. But that's kind of also the role of a producer. Like, Right. You don't limit your $500 film being made and you spent that $500 on crafting your location. Like you got to figure some stuff out. You're going to fucking edit that movie. (laughs) Yeah. But so I, um, I ended up helping them out and helping produce that. And it was a lot of fun. It was three weeks of filming out in Palm Springs and 120 degree weather with 
what what was like I oh my god like I can't even believe you produced a feature like that's so crazy because I'm just so used to short films and stuff so like what was like the major difference for you like producing a short film versus a feature film so I feel like I would have been like it's really just planning (laughs) planning long-term stuff because it was we only shot this for 40 40 or 50 thousand dollars and oh, we wow. had a full crew. We had uh, full locations for two weeks. We went back, did reshoots. So yeah, it was, it was really lucky because we knew the person with the location. So location was free or not free. I, I didn't deal with a lot of like the beforehand stuff. I did. I kind of hopped on like once we started filming, I kind of started mm-hmm. doing like onset producing and like whenever we need to do pickups or the second week back. What's onset producing for for people who don't really know what that would be? <laughs> onset producing is basically being a bitch. You're you're a PA. It's like you oh, need water, wow, really? you need to go get water and stuff. Like you go get the waters, and if people come up, you go get the water. If someone like is feeling sick or something, you got to figure out like nearest hospital, like how it's going to be paid for. Um, if someone comes up and they're like, do you have permits, blah, blah, blah. You have to go talk to them. If there's someone like, okay, the most annoying thing is we were filming in a town once and some guy in a car literally just kept racing back and forth. And I was uh, we had to get him to stop because we <laughs> only had that day and he knew he was like, do you mind? So we were like, here's 150 bucks. Can you please just get away for a couple? No, hours? you actually had to fucking bribe him with it money. It was some homeless guy. And like a really uh, shitty car that was just super loud. Okay, okay. And he yeah, was just like, okay, happen. okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, I would be so annoyed. But at the same time, like, what well, you got to do, what you got to do to make the movie happen, like, but gotta like be a the problem worst, problem. the worst onset producing thing I had to do was um, we went up, and that morning, I guess a fire started up near Yucca Valley. Oh and yeah, that like, through the day, the sun just went away, and. We were running out of blood, first of all, which we were shooting all blood scenes. And (laughs) you could literally watch the ash fall from the sky like it was snow. And I just had to be like, this just is not safe in us to work here anymore. And I just had to be like, let's go. Uh, Were people hella mad at you? I think people were happier that they got to leave the 100 degree weather in the desert. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. But that's fair. me. Me, the director, like we were not, we were pushing as hard as we could not to, but people just kept saying shit back and forth to each other. And we're like, listen, like I think it's time we just call it. Yeah. I, yeah. I that was probably the better call to do. Yeah. Because I mean, we're not. We we're like slightly unionized. Mm-hmm. Because so like, for certain unions, if you don't want to have the union in it they can be a producer and help produce the movie because it's their movie oh, okay got it so we slightly had a union there to where if the person in the respective union was hurt or like got sick because of it we still could have gotten in trouble even though they're technically not under the union for that oh i see okay yeah so it's probably a, a better call it's knowing what calls to make and like yeah which is which is huge though like you know because you're just like you know if you're saying like let's hold production like obviously you're doing it for the safety of you know the whole cast and crew and 
like there's ash flying down and stuff. But, you know, as the director and like everyone who like has been waiting to do the production, you're just like, no, like, fuck yeah. you. Like, yeah. don't put this yeah. on hold. <laughs> but I mean, sometimes you're going to be the bad guy and sometimes you're going to be the good guy. So exactly. That's that's you got to remember, like people hate you in the moment, but everyone's going to have a different thought tomorrow. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's- I, I've made some really big decisions that people have not wanted or liked and ended up just saying thank you for it afterwards it's like you can't let people in the moment just deter you wow yeah you have to be i feel like you have to be strong-minded to to be a producer and and you know like because people are gonna get i feel like i've definitely witnessed situations where people are just like mad or annoyed at the producer but they're just doing their job I'm pretty sure Carla hated me for a little bit there, but I really did. You face it. I didn't even notice. You guys kept it together so well. Like even if there was, like I honestly like didn't even didn't even notice. Do you remember what difficulties? No, I mean we didn't really have. (laughs) You're like no, I don't want to talk about it. (laughs) I it's honestly I it once it happens it's like I just laugh about everything so much that it's uh, couldn't tell you what's good or bad. I laugh at half of. Like when people get really mad, I'll just laugh at them anyways. They don't <laughs> like it too much, but they think it's funny afterwards. They're like, you know, you're right. I was being a little over the top. Honestly, that's a good way to go about it. Cause like when someone lashes out or acts up, like if you just laugh or giggle, they kind of just feel silly for like lashing out and, yeah. you know, acting yeah. like that. On but set. It's you're like, if like, you're fuck. laughing about it in the moment, they're not going to feel upset or like uh, anything about it afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's I going to talk about knowing how to control the people on set. And that's why I like hiring. Yeah. Like I hire a lot of the same crew all the time because yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Them. Is it, is it a lot of familiar faces you're working with or like, are you switching it up or are you, how are you finding these people? Like, is like now that you're working with like, you know, unions or bigger productions and stuff, are they, are they more like, okay, we want you to hire these people and you're just kind of, you know, doing it or like, did you, do you still have freedom like you would as like an independent producer? It's, it's 50, 50. So like we were shooting an American airlines commercial and it's not so much that they were asking for us to not have just a normal director or some commercial director direct it. But like, you could kind of tell on their guidelines of when they're asking that they wanted this kind of commercial kind of a comedy that they weren't looking for just a commercial director. They wanted someone specific. So like we went out and we got these three uh, YouTube influencers, quote unquote, they had like right. X amount of subscribers on YouTube and they're like comedians. Yeah. We got them together and they weren't really people I wanted to hire because I knew some commercial directors. Like my boss is a commercial director and he's great. And like, he doesn't know comedy too well, but he would build the commercial well to keep it a comedy. Right. And it's like, we had to hire these guys, but then I hired the whole crew and it was a simple union shoot. So we, I was, just, yeah. we pulled the same companies we usually use like, right. like Red Boy Electric or uh, Lighting Nova, but actually they're up in Canada now. Yeah. But so like we got, normal company normal caterer normal just whatever and like we had to hire them and we were sitting behind them the whole time as they're making like these directing decisions and i'm just like oh my god no (laughs) like you can't like i want to say something but i can't yeah so sometimes it's like that but then 
sometimes I'll get onto a film and the director's like, well, I really like working with this DP and like, I really like how he shot. It works with my film. Well, so like I'll read over the script. I'll make sure that unless I know that they know what they're talking about, I'll, right. say, yeah. I'll be like, That's yeah, fair. they, they, they'll work for this style, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But then my, what I tell people all the time is hire your producer before you even start writing your film. Because I'll really? always tell you, write whatever you want. Write like you've that's actually really interesting. budget. But if there's something in it where I'm like, I'm reading it and you're 30 pages into a 120 page feature, I'll be like, well, listen, like this will work. This won't work. And like, if we can try and do this just so when they get to the end of the script and they're so locked in on this one story, they're not like, well, I really don't want to change this. Right. Yeah. And it's stuff you can still figure out. Plus if I'm seeing the script as it's being made, I can go to investors. I can go to even distributors before it's even made and just say, this is what we're working on. This is where it's at right now. And I'll keep you updated on like what's going on. Yeah. Wow. No, I love that. Cause like for me as the, like, as you know, I direct and write, I'm like, I feel like I do completely different things, which is honestly interesting to talk about too, because the producer and the director have like a very close relationship and stuff. But I mean, as you heard, Cole's literally like doing, you know, the business side of everything and figuring out who to hire and all these things versus the director. They're thinking more creative and like, what is the movie visually going to look like? And, And getting those like really emotional, vulnerable performances from the actors and stuff. Which is also important, but it's very different. Yeah, like I need to know all that stuff. I need to know what your mood board's like. I need to know that this person's costume is purple because you want them to feel a little more glum or sad or something. But I don't, it's not like I take that in like, oh, like when I read the script, I'll take that into consideration and whatnot. But like, like if I'm getting the script from a writer, like I'll give it to five different directors before I'm like, okay, this is the one because I'll hear this from one director, this from another director, this from another, and I'll can pull them all together and be like, okay, so at least this person. And, and you know what the writer wants and what they're looking for and what the exactly, story is. Yeah. So you're like, okay, like this director would fit this script. And so I, it's like, I want to say, I don't look into that stuff too much, but the amount I read it and I'm amount I hear writers talking to me about it or directors talking to me about these subtle things. It's like, I kind of start picking up on it. Ah, okay. Little, little secrets. And no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, like, yeah, got here because they're bigger. Right. No, totally. I get it. Their mood, stuff like that. And also like, cause I was, cause you basically as a producer do a ton of work for during pre-production, like making sure everything actually gets done so we can make the movie happen. And then the director kind of like takes over during production while, um, you know, they're filming the shots and the performances and stuff. And what is, what does the producer do on set while that's kind of going on? Well, um, it, it depends how many producers you have and what you're doing. Like I said, half the time, like on student sets, I was a PA or like. <laughs> right, you're doing multiple office, positions. Yeah. If the film office comes around, you make sure you have all the permits and everything in line. So they're just there and gone. So you can get back to filming. Right. Just like, just stuff that would occur during pre-production. Like, yeah. Like that just like, Every time I go on set, I have a huge binder just in case, like, there's a little yeah. bit of a fire on set or, like, a wall gets scrapped, scratched, uh, scra- uh, scraped. 
I have insurance yeah. for it. I have right. the, the homeowner's number and I can call them and be like, listen. I was going to say, you're going to have turn the water to on. Yeah, like I, we need the hose for a minute. Is it okay that we use it? How do you turn it on? Stuff like that. And I'm so thankful for producing because honestly, like, oh my God, on my like last film sh- uh, shoot, the homeowners were giving us such a hard time. Like I literally put a Gatorade bottle on the table and she was like threatening to kick us out like two hours early before this, like before our time was over. And yeah. I, and my producer was like, do not talk to the director. Like if you have any concerns or issues, you talk to me, which yeah. honestly like bless her fucking heart because like that would have stressed me the fuck out and it would have taken out of the performance of the actors because, you know, she kept the homeowner kept trying to come up to me and talk to me and distract me. But I had told her specifically, I'm like, please, if you have any issues or problems, like go to my no, producer. No, no. Like, the producer's number one job when you get even like within a couple months of shooting, like if the script is even still being written and you have maybe a DP and a first AD like along going with you, don't let them talk to the writer or the director because those two have their own thing going on. They're in their own yeah. headspace and it's like, come to me because I know the script inside and out just as much as the yeah. writer and director do. They've been explaining right. it to me the whole entire time. So right. I it might be a stupid idea. Let me tell you, it's a stupid idea first. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's a stupid idea. <laughs> but also because like you give them an idea and it might take a really, really great idea that they had out of the script and you want it to be their script. It's not yours. They're the ones writing it. And if people don't like it, well, then they don't like their writing. It's not your writing. Right. And as so a it's, producer, it's, it's you important. also kind of have to deal with the, you're dealing with the hiring, but you're also de- dealing with firing. Have you had to fire anyone? Um, well, <laughs> not exactly <laughs> you don't have to make fire people, but like, so during Corona, we were reshooting some shots of, uh, another short that I did. And a lot of the people there, like we were all wearing masks and everything, but it wasn't a union shoot or anything. So it's like, if I had to take my mask off to talk to the director, like we were in a very, very heated day. We needed to get off, I think like 45 to 50, like longer takes or longer shots, like full almost scenes in a day. And mm-hmm. or not full scenes, but a lot of shots. And the <laughs> me and him are like kinda I was the first uh second unit DP. So I was there kind of doing everything until the actual DP showed up. And when he did, I like took off my mask to talk to the director and like I put it back on and like I touched a couple things. And he comes up and he's like, Well, like is there something I can sign? Like you guys actually taking this seriously, blah, blah. And me and the director looked at each other, walked over to the corner for a little bit. And we're like, is this going to slow us down? Like, is this going to be a problem? And we ended up being like, yeah, like we need to get as much done. And if he's being a little bit about stuff, like it's going to slow us down a lot. So I ended up just going up to him being like, listen, we actually don't need you today. Like, (laughs) <laughs> we're just gonna you know, take this into our own hands i know you're the dp of this movie like it's your shots and everything like we'll go over everything no. and how did he take it i mean he was kind of pissed off but like i think he was kind of happy he didn't have to be there like it was a very demanding shoot where everybody okay. complained a lot <laughs> really and what but, do you do as a producer when you hear everyone 
complaining because like you know i feel like that slows like the whole process down so much it does, and like, honestly oh. when you're on set it's like everyone now is like yeah that's you that like there's people that are obviously like that set was awful there was no like running <laughs> like, there's no denying that house that had we had two houses one of them had was the place we were shooting had no running water or anything yeah and so like if you had to go use the bathroom or something you go to the other house up the hill and no, you guys didn't have porter potties. No, it was, it was <laughs> no, that was not in the budget. Low budgets. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. I mean, so when you like, don't have the money and you, just, what are you going to do? Yeah. But you got to just talk to people. Just tell them like, why, why are you here? Like you love film, don't you? Like, right. <laughs> that's it. I, you have to I, I don't want, I have been in the worst situations possible, but I've never done a film that I haven't had fun on. Like I've been put, I literally had heat stroke one night after I got off no. because I was working so hard. That's the one that wow. we didn't have the DP on set. I was holding this little 30 pound camera for probably like the whole 12 hours of a hundred degree day. Went oh home. I, like I was totally fine, which is funny. And then my one friend like stood up and passed out. And in front was, of you? Yeah. And we're and everyone <laughs> oh, wait, freak her, you we're out? Like, are you okay? Are you okay? And like yeah. my like I I was I my EMT took over a little bit and like I just went into total like focus mode and I was like, all right, we need water, like blah blah. And then I went off wow. to the side and I sat down and I started spinning so bad that like I had no vision, I couldn't hear anything, and I was just sweating oh so bad and I like knocked out for a minute. No, and, and like, what did people? I would be like, I mean, well, I mean, no one really should be freaking that. out on set because that would cause panic. But I feel like I would be like, oh my god, oh my well, god, thank oh my god. god, thank god, this wasn't on set. This was like right when we got home afterwards. Oh my god, were you home alone? Hopefully not. No, no, no. It was a couple of us here. Okay, okay, thank like, god. It was like, but I would still be panicking. I'd be like, uh, what do we do? Somebody call now because I couldn't move at all, and like I couldn't really talk. Like everything I said was kind of just like gibberish. <gasps> And everyone was trying to take care of our friend that like just passed out. <laughs> and and so he just passed out from like heat too, or like what happened? Yeah, I guess he got heat exhaustion too. <laughs> but like God. as bad as that was, like I had still couldn't say that was a bad day of set. Like I learned so much doing that. Like, I broke <laughs> well, honestly, my sunglasses. Damn, that's wild. That is so crazy. I was not expecting like a heat stroke, but hey, that's dedication and hard work in in my book. <laughs> hey, I'll, I'll go work with that director again any day. I love that. I love the yeah. enthusiasm. Um, so has like COVID affected you working as a producer at all, or like, or have you so, been able to like work around it? I've I've worked on a couple sets where we needed like COVID regulations and stuff, but um. Right now, it's really hard to film with unions because unions need like a quarter of your budget to be for coronavirus relief stuff. So, like hiring people on set, whole quarter getting, of your budget. Well, it's you have to pay for everybody to get tested on set every time. So, so okay, oh right. So you can't like for the unions, you can't say. Um, to just go go to the free testing site and send me your test results. Well, no, because you have to have them <laughs> well, no. act for certain places. Because you have to get a test every two days. 
Wow, it's so not, is like a nurse coming to like the set every two days, or how? Like how does that work? That, but that's very, very expensive because you're also buying all the tests and everything. But usually, you'll just send them out to a, a testing site, any testing site they want. They just come back with the receipt of how much it was and uh, like where they went to and with the test result. Uh, okay, so they, they, they do get preference, but like they have to show proof with the receipt. Yeah. And, and it has to be, okay. even if you're working with one SAG member and you have like a hundred people, not on set, but like that come, like 10 people come on set, set stuff up, 10 people come and do makeup, 10 people come and do crafty, you have a hundred people. You have to make sure wow. every single one of those hundred people are getting tested every two days. Yeah, that's a lot of responsibility. You have to have temperatures taken every time you come on the set and everything. But I haven't, I've done one set like that. I wasn't the head producer on it, so I wasn't really taking control of a lot of that. Right, um, okay. But so far, I've just done like little pickup shots for stuff we needed to do. I haven't, I've done one full film with Corona, but it was just kind of like eight to 10 people on set, like three camera crew, two people lighting me. How was it with like the equipment, like touching the equipment? It's like, did you guys, did you feel safe? Did you wipe we, stuff so down? Or just kinda like, I trust these people. On. Yeah. It was just like knowing that you're not sick. We still got people tested beforehand, but it wasn't every two days. And it was just saying like, make sure you're sanitizing all the time. Like, Make sure the lighting department is only touching the lighting stuff and that right. we're still being cautious. Everyone's wearing masks. But I uh, unfortunately, I tested positive for coronavirus the other day. And no. Yeah, so I also okay. have another job at a golf course where I work with a lot, lot of people that don't really wear masks. Um Oh my God. No, and do you feel any symptoms or like what's, yeah. So, like No, I, I tested positive. I got a test uh, two days ago because my roommate was feeling a little sick for a day and then he's feeling better now, but yeah, I'm still waiting for the, what is the PRC test? PCR test. I don't even know. What, what is like that? The, the three day tests that come in. Oh, Oh, the yeah. oh yeah, yeah. I've actually taken a lot of like tests just to like just because um, I'm whenever I'm like, oh my god, I went to the gas station or the like, grocery store, I get like freaked out, and I'm like, I'm gonna get tested before I see like my mom or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, I it's been negative every single time, but I can't even imagine the like, were you like scared as shit or like what, what was going through your I, mind? I honestly don't care. It just sucks that I have to sit inside for two weeks because like a lot of my work, especially during Corona, is just meetings on Zoom. And just doing paperwork and talking to people over email, making calls. Just so you could still, them. you know, function and work. Yeah, right. yeah, I can. Yeah. But it's, so it's just so annoying. Stay home and still work. It's not taking away from like your actual producing job as much as like it could. I don't know. Like I mean, you're basically working I, around my it. My favorite part of producing is being on set and watching everything come together and work. And it's like I just produced me and my boss. One of my bosses have been a uh, head of advertising for the Mayweather Boxing Gym in oh nice uh, in Hollywood, the one that they're opening whenever yeah they can open. That's sick. Right. Uh, <laughs> if they can but, open, but it's like we were shooting commercials for them in this new IPO that we got, and we I finally got everything together with my boss, and then all of a sudden, the day before we we're supposed to do it, I go get tested and I'm positive. So it's like. 
Like oh, I was shit. supposed to be the person, kind of like the showrunner of the day, going around to these three locations, making sure that we're getting three separate things in one day, making sure it's all coming together. Right now, that's not gonna happen. Instead, I'm sitting like I. I also don't like have people having phones on set, so I usually like tell. Wow, them, yeah. Don't like take your phone out unless you really need it. So I'm like trying to call them all day, but no one's answering. They're like, we're just, you know, taking and your I'm rules. Just, is everything going all right? Is everything going all right? And I get a call back an hour later, like we're good. And I'm finally like, oh, all right. I can relax oh my a god. <laughs> oh my god, that's crazy. But so you haven't been really feeling any symptoms? You've just no. Been, like- I've been completely fine. I mean, I've had allergies for the last two months. That's crazy. That's so yeah. scary that you don't have. But it's also like, like my my roommate got it. I I went home for Christmas and he stayed here. He was still working at the course. I mean, of course, we're both at risk from that. But I mean, I don't know. It's <laughs> I don't know where it went wrong, but it did somewhere. People testing positive that never got sick either. So yeah, know. that's. Well, now you know. Really, wash your hands and wear a mask. Right? Oh, I, I, I work at a golf course with all these old people. It's like all we do is I, I've seen the same six people since coronavirus has started, and that's it. Wow, yeah, that's it's really scary. It's crazy how many cases there are in LA now, too. Like I, I've heard that they wanted to like kind of shut down smaller productions you know, like more independent productions because they're like, like there's so many cases and they're kind yeah. of just trying to keep the like I, big I, studios I, and unions open. In I don't know what's going on with Hollywood. I know like the big studios know because before September 25th, I think was the day that everything opened back up for a film. Right. You could only do commercials and like pickup shots, like one day quick things. Right. Okay. And then all of a sudden it moved to like, like the first of November and then TV shows started filming again and so on. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. They know a lot more than obviously I know because they're doing this stuff. But like, if you follow the big studios, you can kind of tell what's going on. So I think like mainstream filming, as long as you have the money for coronavirus relief and whatnot, you'll be able to get through with fun. Yeah, if you have the budget for it, if everyone to get tested, yeah. like it's gonna happen. But like, but it's a lot of money because think about like how big the the production crew and cast is like on a studio set, and then you have to get everyone tested at least like once a day. Or yeah, uh, yeah, that's so much. Like Jesus Christ, like that's a lot of money. I can't even imagine. And it's like <laughs> imagine the money the studio spent even before coronavirus. Like I know, like imagine a Marvel movie, dude. Like because they yeah. had the, they had to hire people to come in and hire other people and be like, okay, so if we're running a set, how the hell are we gonna do this? Yeah, like, you, you can't have more than ten people in a room at once. Like that. I know. Like every every um, it's like a close set, right? Every um every shot. Like it's supposed to be like a close set kind of like just a director and the cinematographer and and yeah. the sound guy or are they are they kind of like ah we're all tested it's fine. I mean everyone wears a mask twenty four seven. I could tell you that yeah. completely from the second you walk in the Warner Brothers Universal Paramount anything if you take a mask off anything other than food or like a drink of water real quick you're yeah. getting kicked off the set. What that's probably why Tom Cruise lashed out so hard. Because <laughs> well, I mean, people yeah, are not like because like Tom Cruise, he has a family, right? Like 
Yeah, of course. He, no, he needs to make sure like everyone in his family isn't like he wants to go see his mother still. Like, yeah, no, I'm totally, yeah, I'm totally for like the regular. I mean, like, if we want the film industry to like thrive and continue on, we're going to have to like, you know, follow these rules and regulations for now until like the shit goes away and we can get back to normal life. But, you know, as of now, it's like, just fucking do it. Like, don't, uh, don't yeah. make it more difficult. And it's especially and, like, if you're doing what you love, which is being on film, why are you trying to like screw other people over? Like you're on a. Exactly. Yeah. Like be happy that they're finding like other ways to go around this. And show. the main thing, it's like, if you're on a studio set and you're being hired by this big ass person, like every, a lot of people know your name and you come in without wearing a mask or, you know, you're sick and you come in like, the film Ugh. industry is not going to look at you the same. No. You're not going to no, be no, no. friends with anyone ever after that. Yeah, fuck that. I, w- I Honestly, I would be pissed too if like, you knew you were at risk. Absolutely. Or like, you were sick or like you were just being sloppy. Like I wouldn't like that on my set at all. Like I'm very like, you know, when you come, like just be professional, do your thing. Like, but like have a good time and enjoy- like be respectful of others also. You know what I mean? It's just- yeah. Just that, respect. Yeah, honestly. be respectful. Like, think yeah. about other people. Don't think about. I know you're probably this 25 year old living in an apartment by yourself that all they want to do is see their friends. But right, there's also a 45 year old right next to you that has two kids at home that are super at risk. Exactly. Like I'm gonna literally. That's like me. I'm 24 living in an apartment, and I'm gonna work on a shoot in February. And you know, we're all gonna get tested before, and you know, we we have to like. Um, there's going to be like different zones and we're going to have to like stay in that zone. And um, to me, that's not like, I'm not like, Oh my God, like I can't believe I have to get tested or I have to do that. like, to me, it's like, fuck. Yeah. Like I got to get back out. I gotta there. Get like, back on I'll set. get tested. That's not even like a big deal to me. It's like, I feel like you should just get tested for like courtesy to others. And you know, if you're going to be, if you know, you've been, you know, mixing with other people, you should just do it. Like if I can get courtesy. tested once a week for free, I would. I would too, honestly, like <laughs> I'm telling you, like I get so stressed getting gas. Like it might sound silly, but when I'm at the gas station, I like, p- like put in the pump into my car and I'm like, oh, how many people have touched this fucking handle? Exactly. Then, no. You know what I mean? Like it's just gross. Like, then you don't even think about it. And it's like you scratch your nose and then it's like. Uh, I know. And I feel like my nose always gets itchy when, I start, when I'm like, don't touch your face. And I'm when like, oh my God, I have an itch. That's when it, that's when like, it yeah, and then, and then I think to myself, like, damn, was that one itch the moment you, like, could get COVID? It's really stressful, but exactly. I'm, I'm super glad you're okay and, like, you're not, you know, you. sick. Because I know how serious, I mean, you know, it, it can yeah, be. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm still – I'm going to stay inside and I'm not going outside for at least, I mean, what, a week and a half, two weeks. Because yeah. maybe I got so it. Maybe I tested, right? the very first day I got it, I could still have a week before I'm sick. Wow. Yeah. Just get retested to like really make sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to wait a week and then go get another rapid test and a three day test. Yeah. That's smart. That's smart. Well, moving on from <laughs> you having COVID, um, what has been like the biggest obstacle that you've had to face? The biggest obstacle? Mm. Yeah. Or like okay. something where you're just like. So the oh. biggest obstacle was. Um, Probably that that first film I produced when I got kicked out of film a lot. Tell me why. <laughs> I mean, you so, don't have to like it was whatever you feel comfortable with. Kind of difficulty for me. It was kind of just like 
film LA being lazy because we were working with all the student coordinators and stuff. And I was working with one student coordinator and I gave her the permit two months in advance. I want to say two to three months, like way before they are supposed to have it done within three to like seven days. Right. It was about four or five days out from the shoot and I still didn't have the permit and I was calling and like she started like the coordinator started ignoring me and like I'd email her and that's the only way I'd get like one word answers from her back. And I was like, wow, this is (laughs) crazy. So like four days, five days before I go up to film LA, walk straight through the office and sat down with her and was like, okay, what do we have to do right now to get this done? So I can shoot in a couple days. And like we sat there for a couple hours and like did the work and then, I think that's why they started the online <laughs> permit system now because they wouldn't let <laughs> back for like two or three months. Damn. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. And have you, do you, have you had crazy like permits or like has anything like ever almost fallen through because of the permit? I mean, no, I know the permit will have to be done within a couple of days. Like that's their guarantee. Is that yeah. like, at least a week before, if you give it to us a week before, you'll have it the night before you have to shoot. So it's like, I worked with a lot of people, especially on the thesis shoots. When I did the six in a month, yeah. I was working on two short films. I was doing a couple things for the feature. And then I had three thesis films and the thesis films, I knew they'd get through because it was with student coordinators. They don't have to do as much every day. So I would like kind of leave those off till later and then put those in. And it was like three, two, three days out from a shoot. And the people who film it was, is like, all right, well, where's the permit? And it's like, it's coming. It's okay. Like it'll be here the night before they're like, well, where's this? Where's this? It's like, don't worry. It'll be done. And it's like, I kind of know what it's coming up to, but it's uh, calming everyone else down. Because once they finish the film, they're like, yeah, I mean, you did it perfectly. No, that's so (laughs) true. I feel like the producer has to calm everyone down about them. Because honestly, both of my sets, I've had like terrible permit experiences. I don't know why. But like the first one, the fucking uh, location that I had booked, the neighbors like were so against shooting, which I didn't know at the time when I had already booked the location and they were like, so film LA was like, Oh, that neighborhood doesn't like fuck with filming. And I was like, okay, but I already rented this house. That's on the street. So like, what am I supposed to do? And like, you have to go around and get signatures from all the neighbors saying like, it's okay to shoot yeah. there. And, yeah, and I, it was so much fucking work. Like, like literally like it was not easy. It literally made it like so kind that, of a shitty that same project <laughs> experience. That same project that, with film LA, um, they didn't tell us the when we because I went off Gigster. I figured that going off Gigster is just awful. Peer space is yeah. all right because you can find locations and talk to people personally. But like yeah. when you have to put down a deposit and you barely talk to the people that own the place, it's like that's a no no. If you don't know them, of course they're gonna try and get more money. They're gonna fuck you that. hard. Like yeah, excuse my friends, but they will. Like they will use any excuse to literally like. This the last homeowner literally yelled at me for putting a Gatorade bottle on the table, a fucking Gatorade bottle. Yeah, <laughs> I was so, like, I cannot, I cannot even look at her right now. Because <laughs> once we got this, and then you know, I went up to the student coordinator, and that whole thing happened. And then the day before, she was like, "Oh yeah, but you need uh, someone on set to uh, like a uh, just like a 
location manager, you know, location, yeah. manager, but hired by us because people don't like you filming around there. I was like, you couldn't have told us this like three months ago when I gave you the permit. So we can at least try and look for a different place. But then it was also through Gigster, so we couldn't cancel it because we wouldn't get any of our money back. So we were yeah. like, so like another thing of a producer's job is like, okay, so is it better to like, this is the simplest thing a producer does is, is it going to be cheaper to hire this guy for the 12 hours that we're shooting? That will be mm-hmm. another maybe grand after we just paid 1500 for this day of location. Or is it going to be cheaper to try and find another location last minute, but it'll be almost twice as much, which is like 2,500. Right. It's like we already right. really like the location and everything. So we just yeah. stuck with that. Unfortunately, it was another grand deep, but that's yeah. why you have contingency. <laughs> yep. The same thing happened. Honestly, like I feel like as a producer, like I would get most annoyed of dealing with homeowners. <laughs> because you never like just location owners in general because you never because they seem like they're gonna be like super chill and cool like when you talk to them beforehand and then like sometimes like on set they're just they're just like oh like i'm just gonna try to get money or fuck with these people or like just watch every move and it's just kind of like dude we're trying to work like please back up (laughs) every time i'd go on a set it's like usually you have location managers to deal with but if you're working by yourself as a producer you're on an indie set, you're trying to save as much money as possible. You're doing location manager, you're doing showrunner kind of stuff. And like, yeah. I would go around and take pictures of every little tiny scratch in the floor on any wall, anything. Like, it's right- like when you rent a car, you're they're like, you're like, you know, they have you take a picture. Like, yeah. So when you return it, they're like, you're like, hey, look, there's not a single. And it's funny because that guy even came or he ended up emailing me and he was like, well, uh, this was scratched and this had a hole in it. And then I sent them the pictures with the timestamps on. It. I was like, well, this was there. Love that. And, and like, <laughs> never heard anything back from him. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Well, yeah. There. Someone trying to scam. Like people are like that. It's crazy. They literally will find any reason to like use it against you. I had the same thing with a scratch on the table. I guess someone had put like, I don't know. I don't know what it was. They put like maybe tape, like a duct tape or something onto the table. And it like made the smallest little scratch and the homeowner like freaked out. She's like, she's like, this is going to cost $200. I'm not even kidding. The scratch was like the size of my fingernail. And I was like, really like $200. I'm like, if someone on my crew like tries to like, you know, scratch it out and like fix it, um, could that work? And she's like, this is such an expensive table. Like, I don't want anybody touching it. Like she was like fighting me on it. And I'm like, please, like, I know I, like we can get the scratch out. Like it's like this small. And she was like, fine. And she finally like, let us do it. So I had someone in my crew, like get all the stuff. Actually the producer went to get all the stuff because you know, the producer, producer's kind of in charge of that and came back and had one of my crew members try to fix the table, the little scratch. And they did like the scratch was literally like, you could not see it. It was gone. And she was such a diva. She was like, the table looks worse. And we're like, what? (laughs) Like we were honestly, we're like, okay, we're not dealing with someone normal. So we're like, okay, whatever. So we like, just let it go. We're like, we'll just deal with her over Gigster like the next day or whatever. And she took it. Obviously she did take it to Gigster. She was trying to get the $200 off me. Gigster was trying to like investigate. They're like, let me see the before and after photos. And then Gigster saw the before and after photos and was like, okay, this, this girl's tripping, but like, we need we need to like settle this. So they basically charged me a hundred dollars for the scratch that I ended up f- having someone fix already. She's How long ago is this? 
that was on my film set Miha. So back oh, in like we shot in November of oh, oh, 2019. Oh, oh, your most yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, my most re- yeah. the one that I directed. Yeah. So basically she got her hundred dollars and we wrote a review. Yeah. Because I, mean, <laughs> I know that has that like they have some kind of insurance something, but I had to deal with that once before and it was annoying. It's just annoying. It's like, why make it more of a hassle when it really doesn't need it? But, I mean, and then like, she just did in front of the whole crew, which I didn't like, like she wasn't the type to like pull the producer aside. Like she always wanted to like kind of cause a scene in front of everyone. Like I remember in the backyard, somebody put a sandbag down and she's like, what is this? Like, why is it on the grass? And we're just like, it's on the grass. Like what? And she's just like, you're going to kill my grass. And I'm, and we're just like, we asked, we literally like, had asked. Have her. you ever had a film set through here before? I know. I'm like, you shouldn't have like let people film here. And we had like, we I had my producer ask all these questions because I knew that we we're going to have everyone sit outside and like have crafties and everyone eat lunch outside because that was like the most space and everything. And, and then she's all, she was like, yeah, it's totally fine. And then when we get there, she's like, why are you stepping on my grass? You're going to kill the grass. Like, it was just so stupid. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that's why, just made like, it. <laughs> when you have more of a budget, it's nice to go have a day where you can go look at it and then have another yeah. day where you can bring some equipment to set and like do a little uh, shot or something. Yeah. Is that way yeah. you see how half the crew, I mean, you have bare bones crew there, but you see how some of the crew work together, at least the DP, the director, the producer, the writer. And then you yeah. also have like, then you have your setup for when you go in and actually start shooting, you know, kind of at least how the location's going to be with stuff that you're doing. Yeah. No, I definitely learned from the last two shoots that I directed. I'm like, okay, you know what? Like this keeps happening. I'm going to I'm going to investigate the like locations more and spend more time there and go there on different days, not just the one day. And I mean, it sounds it awful, but like you got to be an ass and you got to be like this is what we're doing, not like is this okay? Cuz if they say no, like you need another location. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like because we were students, they just like took advantage of that. That, that like, is also a huge thing. It's like I never yeah. seen the student set, and then once they saw it pull up and everything, it was like, okay, well, I don't. I never used to really like using the student. Like I'm a student card, but it's like if you want those discounts, they, they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you want the discounts, it, and I am not like students do have the best discounts. You can get like two hundred dollars off the. Uh, like screenwriting softwares or like I know I actually I bought all those ten dollars a month for the whole suite. Yeah, as soon as you graduate, for all students listening, my favorite thing, which I would totally take advantage of, is Stephen King sells all of his novels for a dollar to students. Any short story he's ever written, yeah. Oh, and I didn't know one that. I really wish because I love directing. I think directing is awesome. I just hate writing. And I, <laughs> not to be cocky, I wouldn't say I'm a why. Why do you hate writing though? Is it like do you feel like? So um um, I think I'm a decent writer. I just hate when like when I see bad exposition through like dialogue or something. I hate it. So it's like when I write, it takes me like a year to write like a ten minute story because I'll make it like <laughs> three hours long. And then you'll be able to pull like 10 minutes out of it or something. You're like, what the f- There's so many layers, but we're only going to use 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. And it's like, like for my intermediate, I had a feature written by accident. Mm-hmm. 
because I was trying to write my short film, but I couldn't like, I had to have a whole story written around it before I could figure out what was going on in the scene. Right. But honestly, being a director and a producer and a cinematographer and an editor, like, I think you're good if you don't write. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's just, I like, it might be a little longer. (laughs) Like my, my, I've had a couple of friends that like trusted me with directing and I want to do more. And people are always like, Oh, like, I loved working with you. Like, when are you directing something again? And it's like, it's been two years. Like, um, I don't think it's happening. I love that. No, you should. You should try it. Because, you know, part of me, like, I I also want to, like, get into producing because I feel like, you know, I, like, I'm with this film every step of the way. Like, I write it and then I direct it. So I'm like, I might as well, like, know the business side of it as well and try to distribute it. We need, to, <laughs> we need to write something together and then all direct it. Yes. Yeah, we'll switch roles. Yeah, I'll produce it. You'll teach me how to produce and I'll help you how to write. We'll like shorten it down a lot quicker than a whole feature for 10 minutes. I was going to, you already gave great advice with the Stephen. Oh, wait. Yeah. Where, where can they get the scripts for Stephen King? Uh, it's, I, I read that somewhere. I forget. Look it up. You'll be able okay. to find it pretty easily. What is, what is, okay. Yeah. So speaking of like giving, you know, people advice or students advice that want to get into producing, like what would be like the main thing you would tell yourself like back go do maybe it. Like three, four years ago? Do it. <laughs> what did just, you say? Don't do it. Just go do it. Oh, just go do it. Just go freaking. I, I thought I hated it before I did it. And that's why I also tried cinematography. That's why I tried writing. That's why I tried editing. That's why I tried directing. And I yeah. finally saw producing like, and I never did anything once. Like I've done it yeah. multiple times because no project is ever the same too. That's why I love filming. That's great. Yeah. I would agree with that. No project. I, I never same. wanted to do a job where it was like doing, all right, you go wash this car and then go drive it down the road and deliver it to something. Like that's what I used to do. And it's, uh-huh. I love cars. Like I need more cars are one of my yeah. biggest passions, but it's like, I yeah. hate doing the same one thing over and over and over again. Right. So once I hopped onto a film set, I was like, this is what I want to do. And then I tried directing three or four times because the first script I directed, I was like, well, this is all right. And then the second script, I was like, I love directing. I yeah. produced my own film and I absolutely hated it. And I <laughs> produced my buddy's film and now that's all I want to do. <laughs> that's awesome. No, that's so true though. When you said that every film set is different. And like, if you did have like a bad experience one time, like don't let that discourage you, you know, no, try again. It, it, it's probably different. N- Bulking up on set is the number one way you're going to learn. I've had people yeah. tell me a hundred times, like something, I couldn't give you an exact like explanation, but I've had so many people be like, this is going to go wrong on set. This is going to go wrong. Like watch out for this, but I still fucked it up. And I know next time <laughs> I'm not going to, and I never have since. Yeah. You really do learn from your mistakes, especially on, I like, I feel the same way. Like as a director, I, I literally was like, who the fuck is putting me in charge of this whole like creative side of the film? And like, trusting me that I know like what it should look like visually. But like, honestly, I feel like you just got to get out get thrown out there and just do it to like really like experience it and like kind of like, you know, make mistakes and just go with it. Cause like, that's how I learned too. Like I, there wasn't like a, I I never felt like, Oh yeah. now I know everything about directing. It was just kind of like from being on set and directing more films and knowing like just your bad experiences from the previous uh, experiences and learning and growing. And that's why like when you ask me like what bad experiences have I had on set or anything, I'll never say I've had a bad one because you're learning when it's a bad one. That's true. 
That's true. I, I feel like you actually probably learn way more than when it's bad than when it's good. Because when it's good, you're like, oh, it's going smooth. Like I know what the fuck I'm doing. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> like other than like like other than that, like like even the fa- ash falling from the sky, like that was the worst thing that could have happened because our day was cut in half. We didn't get half the shots we needed. Right. So it's like, yeah, that's a bad day on set, but it teaches me like, hey, look for fire before you go into the middle yeah. of the desert. <laughs> Yeah, no, check the weather all the time. Like, yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. Like there's, that happened to me too on my last shoot. It was, we were short on time and we were, I was like not getting all the shots I wanted as a director. And I was just like, no, like that one shot. And But my producers and DP were just like, no, like we got to cut it. Like you got to, you know, like really select the ones that are worth it and feel like it's exactly. really going to add to the story, yeah. which at the time I'm like, Oh, I cannot believe it. The movie's going to like be terrible now. But then I'm like, no, you can't even tell that. Like Wait, you can't I was that's, that's to, like, why you hired the yeah. people you hired. Cause you trust them to help exactly. you make it better. Like that's exactly. why you had your AD to move shots around and say, your schedule is now yeah. going to look like this. Yeah. Honestly, every role on set is so important, but today I felt like we needed to like, just explain the producer and directing role. Cause I know like people are just like, I know they're all on set, but I don't know what like specifics they do. And I feel like you gave like really good insight. And also I do want to add on, I know that I said the director like focuses on the like visual stuff and everything, but you know, we do have to pre like plan too and, and make a whole like well, shot yeah. list. I mean, so like I'm the person <laughs> that says like, you're the one that makes the storyboard. You say you may, you draw a picture of, someone getting run over by a train it's like okay so you're the person that figures out why is that visually there like what part of the story does that pertain to why is it important then you have the cinematographer that says how first of all how am i going to make this look good second of all how is how is this shot how am i going to shoot this that it makes sense to the story like right is she just very underpowered and the guy standing over her having her tied down to the rails is very powerful. Like you'll have a low shot. So yeah. it's like you see all these pieces coming together and then the producer yeah. says, okay, this is what you want. Let me get that all together for you and make it happen. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's how a movie is made. Yeah, that's how a movie <laughs> I love it. No, that was great. Thank you for like, you know, getting deep and telling us everything and all of your experiences. Do you have any um, new films coming up? or any movies you want anybody to check out? Cause um, so really we're just finishing up a film called safe house. It's um, Ooh. it's the feature that we were working on. It was absolute hell to get done, but it's an awesome feature. It was very, very low budget, but it looks very uh-huh. high budget. Um, Amazing. We don't Where have, can we, it find sold, it? we don't have it sold yet. We're still finishing up some ADR stuff, which is impossible right now because some of our cast was from out of the country and they went home, blah, blah, blah. So. Oh my God. I know so many people have had experiences like that. They're like, my actors went back home to their home country. It's really killing us, but we're trying to figure it out. It should be hopefully on Amazon. Um, I don't know yet where <laughs> it's not sold. Well, we'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. It'll be I'll definitely let you know. But yeah, keep an eye out for Safe House. Um, wish cool. A good recovery from COVID. Um, he's going to get retested. Hopefully, hopefully in two weeks he'll be negative. So hopefully I'll be negative tomorrow. Fingers. Yeah. <laughs> and if everyone could please subscribe and give us a rating, that'd be amazing. And we'll see you next week on the R-rated podcast. Thank you so much, Priscilla. Bye.